Oh, shit. Here we go again. And I'm sure you like watching football with your daughter. I know you sent me that picture the other day, but this is how you do. Yeah, she, uh, she kind of has to get used to watching sports games. I mean, the sellers to it. That's, that's kind of what I told her. I was like, hey, you know, I know you want to watch Super Kitties or whatever it is, but whenever there's football on, daddy's going to watch football. <laughs> that's why daddy bought this 70-inch TV, you know. Here we go! Is Caleb Williams supposed to play the rest of the season or what? Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's probably going to be the number one draft pick. But don't you owe it to, like, the fans of USC and people who are depending on you to play the season? Now, you know, the, the national title's out of the out of the picture. I know the Heisman is probably out of the picture as well. But, man, just on principle, don't you want to finish something that you started? Once again, for your favorite weekly podcast, Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph, I'm one half of this amazing show. I'm here with my co-hosts. We had a little technical difficulties. I thought he was going to rage quit, but we worked through it. We are here. What's going on, JD? Finally got that mic working. For the love of God, the universe is testing me today, which is going to be an opening subject, I feel like, may be, maybe even the premise for today. I am just, stressed You just got to persevere. Persevere. Pushing through, which I'll tell you a story in a, in a moment, but glad to finally have the mic working. Going to sound a lot better this week. Thank you, everybody, for toughing it out last week. Murph, man, what a fucking weekend of football. What a weekend of life. How was your weekend, my brother? Actually, really good. Um... Birthday was Saturday. I did nothing but watch football all day. Sunday, um, we went over to my parents' house for a little bit. Um, you know, watched all the NFL games I could. And then Monday, I took the day off, and we just hung around here at the house and just chilled. And it was a nice, relaxing day off. And uh good weekend for my fantasy teams, though. We'll get to Fuck that later. You. Fuck no, you. I'm not. I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about. I'm talking about my other leagues. I'm not talking about this one. But we'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of my some of my bets hit. So it was a good weekend for me, man. What about you? It was a good weekend. Um, did just spent a lot of time. Like I said in the last week, we, me and Kayla, kind of just been shutting her down on the weekends, trying to save some money, get things together. So it was a more relaxing weekend, but we did get two big dubs this weekend with Ohio State and Philly. So we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, I, me and Kayla y- yesterday were on the phone talking about how dope would it be that we could possibly be in Philadelphia while there's a World Series game going on and the Eagles are playing the Cowboys. And then last night, Philly went and ruined it all. Fucking Phillies. Yeah, let's let's just go ahead and start with that. I mean, yeah, baseball, baby. That's where I wanted to start because it's a lot on my fucking. We might as well. We might as well. We got our World Series uh, set up. So, well, for for most of the world, you know that this is not the most appetizing World Series matchup, but we do have 
the Texas Rangers against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And two teams that two seasons ago lost 100 regular season games are turned around as quick as can be. I mean, Arizona didn't make the playoffs last year. The Rangers weren't very good last year. It's just the craziest of turnarounds to see these two teams back in the World Series. And it came down to some really exciting championship series matchups. I mean, the Phillies and D-back series went all the way to the end. And same with the Astros and Rangers. And it's just... It was just it's just been good baseball and I hate that people you know, it's kinda like the NBA, nobody really tunes in during the regular season because it's so elongated, but the storylines behind a lot of these guys were very fun all the way down to the end. The Phillies and all of their struggles and they somehow weasel their way against the loaded NL division. Uh, Corbin Carroll being, you know, the rookie of the year and the face of a team that's going into the World Series. The Rangers, who went out and bought their team, made it back against the team who cheated their way to a World Series in years past. And it's just, you know, the storylines are amazing. So if you're really into baseball, this is going to be, I know it's not like the big market seller, but it's still going to be good baseball because these are two good teams. I know you've been enjoying it at least, you know. Yeah, it's been entertaining. Uh, I'm one of those fans that don't really watch until the playoffs just because, you know, well, two things, twofold. Uh, first off, my team's terrible. I know I mentioned this just about every episode, uh, but Mets, no hope for the Mets. Two, it, that's just too much baseball. And it's just too much. It, it, it's 162 regular season games. I don't really, you know, I'm not invested in it until the games really start to count. And yeah, it was fun. It was a fun run for Philadelphia. I know we discussed it um, on previous episodes about our love for the city of Philly and just the sports culture surrounding that city. But man, the D-backs, dude, they um, came out of nowhere. You know, they, they were dead in the water. And that's what's so fascinating about baseball is a team can be hot in the beginning, slow in the middle, and then heat back up and make the playoffs and make a World Series run. And it's just uh, – it's fun to get into. I know a lot of people don't – not as many people watch baseball as they do football. But for for people like you and me who know the game and love the game and grew up just, you know, as with baseball part of our lives, it is fun to see, especially two teams that we don't get to see a lot of um, yeah. when it comes to postseason play. And so I'm happy for Max Scherzer, man. Had a uh, one game seven for him, you know, along with uh, Raldis Garcia going off for two home runs and five ribbies. Uh, man, Philly, the big story for me is Philly going ice fucking cold at the end and just when, when it mattered. When it really mattered, and like I said, I think the, the the momentum really shifted after they blew that that um that game. The they lost two to one, and really after that, it was like the Diamondbacks gained all the momentum and were able to slowly but surely chip away at at the Phillies. And they go into Citizens Bank Park and beat them twice. You know that's incredible. So I'm I'm really Excited to see what happens Friday. Um, 
think it'll be a good series. Um, I know ratings probably won't be the best because it's just two low market teams. You know, if it was the yeah. Yankees and the fucking Dodgers, then everybody would be watching. But you know, it is what it is for the for the uh, people who enjoy the story as the storylines and the and the narrative aspect of it. It, it's fun to watch all those stories come to fruition and how the yeah. how the season's going to end. It's definitely two good teams. They're the two teams that, just like in any other sports, you know, they deserve it. They fought their asses off all the way to the end, and they beat good teams all along the way. Both rosters up and down have studs. I mean, the Rangers' offense is unreal. The Diamondbacks' offense seems to be the most clutch. Um, now pitching might be the separator because people will look at Arizona's pitching staff and say, you know, there's nothing really impeccable about what they bring to the table other than maybe Zach Gallon. But the Rangers, I mean, they, that, they have studs. That yeah, the Rangers have Evaldi. I like Evaldi a lot. Evaldi, Scherzer, Jose Leclerc. Um, why am I missing guys? It's like I'm going blank now, but. Both teams are good. And What's so? Go ahead. I'm gonna say that fat, 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 fat. I think that's how fought, you say it. Fat, fat, p f a d d t p f a a d t. Maybe whatever. You know, he he put on quite a show he, too. Yeah, he pitched a hell of a game last night. I thought. Yeah, I got rookie. Respect to only 25, 25 years old. I got old. respect for all these guys. You know, it's this is this was my dream. I think Test. that's what that's what makes it the, the so interesting for people like you and me is because this was our dream game seven, you know NLCS. What you do in the backyard playing wiffle ball with yeah, your buddies, exactly. you know? It's like game seven, bottom of the ninth, two outs. I was Full really count. I was really rooting for some magic there at the end. I really wanted, man. and Philadelphia had every chance, man. They had every they chance did. to do it, and they just. The bats weren't there. They weren't there. I don't know what it was. I mean, it just seemed like they were having bad – they were swinging at bad pitches is what it seemed like to me. And they just kind of had an, too too much aggression at the plate. I, I think that they, the Diamondbacks figured out what their weaknesses were and they really went to film and figured things out and found a game plan to attack well, the Phillies. And the Phillies are – Chase guys, you can get ahead with the first pitch fastball, and then play chase. Right, the rest and they're the just gonna they're gonna swing yourself out because yeah, I mean they're aggressive and that can be a strength, but that can also be a weakness as well. Yeah. I think um, really what shifted is they got aggressive on the on the base pass. Arizona did. If you yeah. looked at the numbers, I think they had one steal in game one through five, and then through game six and seven, they had like six or seven steals. So they got aggressive. They were trying to move runners in scoring position, and it worked out in their favor. So, Yeah, Corbin Carroll, I mean, I don't know if you've seen him yesterday. The reason that they started off that first inning and got a run in the first inning is because dude bleeds a hit up the middle and then has a ball, a, a, a looping single behind him. And he goes first to third when in most scenarios nobody's making it and then scores easily. It's like that's the difference maker in those really close matchups is, you know, base running ability and taking bags when you can get them, bro. And I yes. think 
that might be the separator. If Arizona's going to win this, that's how they win it right there. Well, the Rangers look, I mean, got serious pop. Yeah, I was going to say they're the rain. The Rangers can go off for eight, nine, ten runs any yeah. at any given moment with the, their lineup. So, but the Rangers remind me so much of the Phillies. Yes, the same aspect. I was, get, I you was know what I'm saying? getting ready to literally to follow that up with have amazing pop, high powered offense, but can also swing yourself out of the game. You know, so I think I mean great matchup. Diamondbacks, they're the the small ball, aggressive on the base pass, solid defensively. You know, the pitching's not necessarily their strong suit, but they have some dudes that can throw. I just think it's going to come down to it's going to come down to pitching. Honestly, am I? I mean, that's yeah. what every World Series comes down to is the better pitching. More t- more times than not. I also agree that I I think that is what is going to be the difference maker. I think having that experience on the mound is going to work out for the Rangers. Yeah. But I think hey, that's what's going to be put it over the edge. Yeah, I think there'll be some close games. I hope it's, I just hope it's not every game a blowout, you know. That's what I hate is like you get to the the NBA finals or the World Series and it's a you no know, a blowout every single game, one way or the other. Like, I, I want to see some close games, high-pressure high situations. Last thing I want to say about uh, the World Series is shout-out to Bruce Bochy. Yes. I mean, one of the great uh, managers of our time. He he took uh, San Francisco to, what was it, three World Series or four World Series? I can't remember. Three World Series in six years. Yeah, that's that's every other year. almost. Pretty sure it was what 11, 13 and 15. Something like that. Tim, Tim Lincecum, Pablo Sandoval, yes. uh Brandon Bell, they had they had some fun I mean Buster Posey. They had some fun players on those teams, dude. Right. And then he comes to uh, Arlington, you know, coach the Rangers and takes them to the World Series. So you know he's one of the the greats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out Bruce Bochy. If you're into the, if you're into looking for some good baseball, this will be a good matchup to watch. I think every casual fan will enjoy what's to come. There'll be some good offense, good pitching. I, I say definitely take take a moment, tune in, see what baseball has to offer in their most fun time of the year. Now, let's move on. Let's get past baseball because. We're not primarily a baseball podcast, and that is not the complete avenue that we're chasing, although we do love sports. College football. College football. College football. College football. Let's go. Let's get into it. I unranked, all that shit. Unranked UVA heads into Chapel Hill and pulls out the upset of number 10 US, UNC, 31-27. So I didn't get to watch this game, but I did uh, see the score at the end of the night, and – I totally expected North Carolina to win this game. I think Virginia was what well, Virginia was one in five coming into this game. What yeah. to say? I mean, yeah, not, not a great looking. football team, and, and no. go on the road and beat a top ten team. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest upsets of the of the year so far. I wasn't expecting it at all. It, it threw me for a loop. But 
you know, that's the college football experience. It's, it seems like every time you think something isn't going to happen, it does happen. I mean, it's all all the chips are falling for Alabama to just fucking inch their way back into the top four, top five. It really does fucking. It feels like it, doesn't it? It grinds my gears that it always fucking works out. And I just, I, okay, so let me, let me say this because we can talk about Alabama for a hot second. I watched Nick Saban on the part of my take, or not part, I watched Nick Saban talk on Pat McAfee the other day. And as much as it kind of irks me, I can't deny that Nick Saban might be like, honestly, the most likable guy. He has the right mindset. He's like gen, like seriously smart. He's genuine. He cares about his guys. He's like a true leader of men. And you, when you hear him do these like pressers or interviews or he goes on these podcasts, like you can't help but not like the guy. And it's like when we talked about Kirk Cousins last year with the quarterback, it's the same type of thing where it's like he's he's – True to himself. He's got charisma. Yes, bro. And you understand why he gets recruits because when he talks, you're like literally inspired. He's one of those guys that could could convince you that water is not wet. Yeah, it's it's legit. He exudes confidence and greatness. You know, I mean, whether you – regardless of what you think about Alabama football as a program or whatever, you have to respect what Nick Saban has built there. One of, I mean, one of, if not the greatest college football dynasty. They, every year they have one of the top, you know, five recruiting class year in, year out. This year has been a struggle, but they have clawed and fought their way to seven and one, you know, looking at going back into the top 10 after, you know, North Carolina loses this game and then Penn State lost also. So. There's two spots right there in the top ten that I could easily see Bama squeezing into. It's just you have to you have to admire what what he's done there, and like you said, he's very genuine and very you know what you see is what you get. And and what I love what what the great coaches do is no matter what, losing, winning by twenty, losing by twenty, close game. Whatever, they're co- he's coaching his ass off. Whether it's the third string or the starter, you know he is going to coach you as hard as he can every time he's on that field. And then you have to respect that. That's what I that's what I wanted out of my coaches. They they you know as an athlete, you're expected to go out and give your all, your everything, and be ready and be prepared. And so in return, I expect the coaches to do the same. And yeah. Coach Nick Saban will always be coaching his ass off if if he's on that sideline. He can have my he can have my respect. I'll give that to him. But as for his teams, I just don't I don't want them to win. So we'll let bygones be. Bygones I don't think they're going to win this year, dude. They'll be they'll be in. They'll the be hunt there. The I don't they'll know if they'll the, win. Yeah. It'll be it'll be tough to pull that off, but 
I mean, he's like, you can't deny the fact that an Alabama team will be at the end fighting its fucking way. Hey, it's just, it's just what he does. Proven, he's proven at even at his age that he can still coach with the best. So, all right, next game, number six, Oklahoma barely skates by UCF 31 29. Knights had a chance to tie it at the end, possibly send it to overtime, but they went for two and could not convert. Um, I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. I did watch the uh, final two-point conversion, but <laughs> this was a game that was on my radar. I was checking the score because um, my uncle actually teaches down in South Florida or Central Florida, so he's like a big Knights fan. And uh, we were texting back and forth talking about you know what it what it would mean for UCF if they beat Oklahoma, and I I just had to tell him I was like I don't think they're gonna pull it off. I think Oklahoma wins this game, but hey, it was Knight, close. Knights gave them a hell of a run for their money. Yeah. So yeah, Dylan Gabriel, I, is he is he number two in the Heisman race right now? You think behind? Um, I think it's Michael Penix. Yes, and then. And then I'd have Gabriel. to look at the numbers, but Gabriel's up there. I think that Jordan Travis kid from uh, Florida State, he's up there as well. Yeah, I keep forgetting about how Florida State is also undefeated still somehow. I mean, they are, so you got to give them. Yeah, I think give them their respect. I think it goes Michael Penix, Dylan Gabriel, and then probably Jordan Travis. I can, I can, I can respect that. Now, as for Oklahoma, though, I've always had a distaste for Oklahoma, but it's a little bit of parody since in the last couple of years. I think Baker Mayfield put a sour taste in my mouth a couple of years ago, and now I respectively like Baker Mayfield. So it's good to see Oklahoma still. As long as Oklahoma wins and wins their way out, Alabama's not making their way back in because Ohio State Michigan would be at the end, which we need to talk about Michigan later on. But we will. we're not there yet. We will. We're not there okay, yet. next game, number 14, Utah. Goes on the road to beat number 18, USC, 34-32 on a last-second field goal. Why this, does USC own Caleb Williams? You mean Utah? Utah owns Caleb Williams. He's, I think Why he's 0 does and, Utah own Caleb Williams? He is 0-3 against Utah, and I don't know. They just got his number. It's just one of those things that maybe it's a mental thing for, for Caleb. I don't know. But it just seems like every time he get he goes against the Utes, he ends up on the losing side. So second straight week that he's shown regression. You know, I mean, I, I don't think this is dropping his draft stock any, though. I think, you know, you expect a young quarterback to go through a tough stretch. But we'll see. I, I don't think I don't think this is scaring anybody off just because he's had two bad games in a row. Which I don't even think he necessarily played a bad game against Utah. He just didn't play good enough to win. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be something that drops his draft stock, but it just seems that Lincoln Riley is getting pushed more and more into the negative light because his defenses are just getting exposed week after week now. And maybe we can just have this conversation now. Does... Is Caleb Williams supposed to play the rest of the season or what? I mean, well, I know there's been a lot of uh, discussion about whether he should or shouldn't play. And 
I mean, in my opinion, I think he should play simply for the on principle of it. You know, I know he stands to make a lot of money in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's probably going to be the number one draft pick. But don't you owe it to, like, the fans of USC and, you know, the people who are depending on you to play the season? Now, you know, the, the national title's out of the out of the picture. I know the Heisman is probably out of the picture as well. But, man, just on principle, don't you want to finish something that you started? And I know, you know, he could get hurt and it's going to cost him money. But man, I just, I just, I don't know, man. To me, you got to, you play out and you give it your best shot and go into the NFL because a lot of these guys that you're playing with, this is it for them. I I just think it would be super, super selfish for him not to, to at least play the regular season out. Now, if they make it to a bowl and he opts out of playing in the bowl, I can completely agree with that. I can completely get on board with that. But you set out this season to to you had a goal. Yeah, you might fall short of your goal, national champion, Heisman, second year in a row. But you know you have to finish out. That's just my opinion. I'm like so. I can see it from both angles. I can see it from both angles. Don't get me wrong. I understand the logic behind shutting it down and setting out. I'm like really on the fence for like, should Caleb Williams play or should he not? I know. I mean, I I know I sound old school when I say this, but there's a lot of kids that look up to Caleb Williams and you know, what message does that, does that send that, oh, just because we lost a couple games, I'm not going to play anymore. I mean, to me, that's bad optics. So I don't know, you know, I don't really have a, a, a personal opinion on Caleb's Caleb Williams off the field. I just can only judge him, you know, by what I see on the field. And, I mean, he's a generational player. He's going to make, you know, he's going to make an impact day one in the NFL. I'm like I'm like trying to think this through as if I was him. I'm seeing it. I've already proven myself. Do I really like it's it's such a torn feeling for me to say I'm not going to play the rest of the year because of my bag is already secured. But if you come from that mindset, yes, you do let down everybody along the way. But how many of these people also are going to be with you at the end of the race. I don't know how many of these guys, these guys may be his best friends. They may not be. They may just be, you know, teammates to him. It's just, I guess it's personal, but if I was Caleb Williams and I'm, I'm more or less on the same side as you, I would be saying there is no reason for me to play. I have nothing left to prove. I don't have to prove anybody wrong. Anybody that's against me, fuck them. But I'm going to play for the fact that I've already created an environment and this team relies on me. And it would be disgusting behavior. It would be quitter behavior if I just quit on them, 
now and I'm not willing to do that. Oh man, I feel I I, I mean I would be very conflicted. I'm very yeah, conflicted. Yeah, that's, and, but at the end of the day, man, that's just the you know, that's just how I was raised. You know, you start yeah. out, you set a goal, you have you know it's okay, prime example. Whenever I was seven years old, right, I wanted to uh, play baseball, but I also wanted to play soccer. Okay, so we were doing both, and, and you know, I didn't really enjoy playing soccer, and I told my parents I wanted to quit. And they told me, you know, you're going to finish out this season. You don't have to play next year or whatever, but, you know, you, you already committed. You signed up. You're going to finish out the season, whether you play any at all. You know, that's up to you, but you're going to at least be there for on principle. So that's just how I was raised. That's just kind of what I think about it. Um, you know, if I was in that situation, I, w- I I don't know what I would do because, I, you know, I've never been in that situation. Yeah, and I will never be in that situation. So therefore, I guess I really don't need to stress over it. But there's going to be a lot of conversation. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of conversation about that coming up. I think the media is going to pursue that, and with each week, even if they win out, what, what's the best that they can do? Get the, maybe the Rose Bowl. I mean, Pac-12 I guess twelve champions. That's still Pac-12 in play. Champion. Yeah. So it would be cool for him. Wouldn't to play it be the Rose cool Bowl. to actually win something? I mean, I know he won the Heisman. That's pretty cool, but that's, that's an individual I mean, that's award. Cool. Yeah, that's an individual award, though. Wouldn't it be cool yeah. to win something as a team? Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I mean, hey. We'll see what he does. It's going to be interesting off season for him getting ready for the draft and all that. Apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for pondering on that so much, but that that is like gen, genuine conflict that arises in my heart when I try to think about like what I would do in that scenario. Because it's like if you really think about it, it's it's a tough one to it is. try and it's, process. It's becoming it's becoming tougher and tougher to navigate this collegiate landscape. Like I'm kind of grateful that you know i i wasn't in that i wasn't and will never be in that in that predicament because i don't know what i would do <laughs> so next game well we'll talk about this game and then we'll get on to the the big game that i know you want to talk about uh number eight texas secures the close road victory over houston 31 24 uh quinn ewers was injured and did leave the game didn't finish um but it does seem that Ewer's injury doesn't appear to be season any, but he will miss some time uh, because it is an injury to his throwing shoulder. So, like Houston gave Houston, Houston gave Texas all they wanted. Which do you remember a couple years ago when Houston was a team that was like, like on the present? They were like top ten. Yeah, they were an undefeated yeah. team. And there was they beat Texas one year, and it really put them in, you know, a contention for being one of the teams that was at the end of it all. And this game reminded me of like those Texas teams, except for this Texas team found a way even without their quarterback. And I kind of guess I'm bringing it full circle to say. I know Texas slipped up against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is still undefeated as they are. But I think this Texas team is the real deal because, like, there's games that in college football that you're not going to win, and 
you have to find a way to win. And this was one of them games with, with their quarterback going down. They figure out a way. I like this Texas team, dude. And I think it might just – maybe I have bias because it's Quinn Ewers is the quarterback and he went to – chose Ohio State to get out of Texas. But I don't know. I, I like, have a, a pretty damn good feeling about this Texas team. I think they're really going to be, like, five, six, right on the edge when time comes for that, you know, last team in. They're going to be pushing the conversation there. They will, they will for sure be in the conversation. As long as they don't have any more slip-ups, they'll be in the conversation for sure. All right, number three, Ohio State, the big game of the week for Mr. J.D. Ohio State wins the defensive struggle against divisional opponent number seven, Penn State, 20-12. to 12. James Franklin is now 1-9 against Ohio State during his time at Penn State. And I can't remember what the, his record was uh, against top 25 teams, but it's not. It's something not good. So, with that being said, um, Ryan Day and the Buckeyes continue to win big games. I think it's past time to give the coach and the quarterback the do, their due credit. I know you like to hate on McCord, but I, I honestly, in my honest opinion, I think he's a pretty decent QB. But everything is for naught if they lose to Michigan. That is the biggest game of the year. Have to beat Michigan. So I will give props to Quinn Ewers and Ryan Day. I will say, great job, fellas. You figured it out. Let's keep the train moving. This Ohio State showing was... One of those ones that makes me remember why I am an Ohio State fan. Because even when I, in my gut, truly and fully believe, like, okay, this is probably the one where we get got. I get proved wrong, and it feels good. Like, I get I get to celebrate and be happy. And it's, like, <sighs> Ryan Day teams in the past, Yes, they have had the quirk. Like they're not tough. They they have their issues, and I think Ryan Day has had to look in the mirror and say, "Okay, I can't do it all. I don't know it all. I may be great, but I'm I'm not perfect." And that's where you know he finally steps down, unless Knowles take over the defense. And since he's gotten here, Ohio State defense has flipped a 180 in the years. I remember not even three, four, five years ago where it was either we scored 40, 50 points a game or we were going, it's like it was, it was the USC problem that is currently going on. Our secondary would get burnt to a crisp. But, and this, this all could be for not because Penn state is probably highly overrated, but in the same breath, you know, two, Two big games already, Notre Dame and Penn State, and they have been trench battles, old-school-style football games, and it just makes me feel all the more better as an Ohio State fan to know that when the going gets tough, Ohio State does have the guts to try and stick it out and you know find a way to make it happen. So I don't know if Penn State's as good as you know advertised, but 
I think Ohio State's defense is as good as advertised. Yeah, I think we were texting back and forth there in that game, and I, I, I was legitimately impressed with uh, Ohio State's defense. This is one of those games where the score is a little bit closer than what the game actually was. Uh, this was Ohio State was it felt like Ohio State was in control of that game pretty much from the first quarter on. Not very, I mean, not a lot of offense. I think, like I said, it was a very uh, defensive game. I think Ohio, Penn State's defense did a great job, you know, keeping Marvin Harrison from burning them there until the very end. And so, I don't know, it was a good showing for Ohio State. But like I said, none, none of this matters if you don't beat Michigan. Straight up. I mean, I know that it's a lot of pressure to put on one a lot of pressure to put on one game, but last two years, you know, you've got your tail whipped. So this is, that's the big question mark hanging over Ryan Day's head is, can he beat Michigan? And for, for all, you know, everything that's been said, Michigan is a powerhouse this year. I know they haven't really played anybody tough yet, but they are a powerhouse. They're definitely going to be, trouble when we get our chance with them but this this team feels this just they just I find think, a way to win tough games that's what right. that's what i and really so, take away from it in uh, games in ohio state teams in the past it's been so much reliant on quarterback play that it always came down to if the quarterback was a tick off we were losing and I think that the best part for this team is the quarterback isn't the final benefactor for this team. He may not be the top five NFL draft pick, but I think because of that, the rest of the team realizes how great that they have to be, and that makes them work better as a complete and entire unit. So this team feels more competent to handle a loaded Michigan roster, I think. And if I, I think I, I hope I made that sound coherent, like in, in a way that's digestible because I, I, I think we can do it. And I, I hope so. And it's a weird place to where I say, it's like, I think we can beat Michigan. Like I truly fully feel that Michigan has enough going on right now to where they're go It's going to get to a point where things are going to get distracting and, Maybe we should jump there because well, a lot last there. the last thing I was going to say um, is I think what gives me confidence in Ohio State is that they've already played two big games and that were very close games, one score games, and they they came out the victor. So that gives me more confidence moving into the Michigan game. You know, Michigan yeah. game. So uh, last thing, uh, JT Tui Molo out. Oh, yes. Is an absolute animal. I love watching that kid play. I mean, he just gets after it when he's on the field. Probably he's your best defensive record, player. Bro. He put he's on gonna, a show last year, and there was a lot of question marks. You know, is this just like, you know, product of the moment? But he's shown up in big games and really made big plays over his career. He reminds me of like a like a Hassan Reddick. Yeah. Maybe. Type, you know, just a just or like a Micah Parsons type player. He's just so fucking big, and 
he moves so well. Like his moves are really that good. Yeah, for, for as big as he is. Yeah. Great. It's very All impressive right. to watch him play. Michigan. Scandal. Controversy. Hardball. Bum, bum, bum. Stealing signs. Spygate 2.0. Michigan edition. I what? think that all this is a smear campaign. You can't beat them, so you gotta you gotta discredit them. That's what it I, seems like to me. I could see it. I mean, I, I, every major program is doing the same exact thing. It's just Michigan. You know, they, they're good now, and so they're you know they've got a target on their back, and now so th- this is a whole lot of nothing to me. It's a deflate gate, you know. It's just a smear campaign, like I said. I, I I don't think I think yes, they probably are still in signs and they are, you know, doing some shady shit. But like I said, every every other fucking powerhouse school is doing the same thing. And and I love uh I love Steve Sarkeesian. Uh I love his answer to the question, which is Texas Texas head coach. Um, he said, why do you think we have all these guys wearing different shirts and throwing up all kinds of crazy signs? And we have, you know, two or three poster boards full of random stuff. It's because we know that there's teams here trying to check our signals. And so, you know, you have to have all kinds of misdirection and diversion away from what you're doing. And so, I mean, this is something that's a non-issue. You know, like I said, it's just something to drum up in the media to to try to just – at, like you were talking about earlier, mis- to distract Michigan from, you know, the, the football aspect. So, I don't know. I think it's all, like I said, it's all just a, a distraction. All right, Kentucky Kentucky was on a bye this week, thank God. They couldn't ruin my birthday. Didn't have to watch that mess on my birthday, thank God. Key week nine matchups. Uh, I have number 20, Duke, at number 18, uh, Louisville. Number eight, Oregon, at number 13, Utah. Number 21, Tennessee at uh, unranked UK. Number three, Ohio State at unranked Wisconsin. It's I think that's going to be an underrated game. I mean, Wisconsin's five and two. I know they're not ranked, but there's some history there. Should be a good game. All right, let's get on to our week seven NFL review. Let's drive through these games and do our pickums, and then uh, do like just a few minutes on the NBA, and then we'll get out of here. I had New Orleans, and let me just say, I would not want to play with Derek Carr. Point blank, period. He he throws a tantrum out there. I mean, I know that maybe the receivers weren't running routes, the right routes, or maybe you know the the offense was not moving in a positive direction. But man, you. It just seemed like every play he was throwing his hands up, you know, like screaming at guys. And it's like, okay, that's one thing if you're Tom Brady doing that, but you're you're Derek Carr, okay? You can't just berate everybody and expect people to just fall in line behind you. Like, you have to score points in the red zone, my boy. Like, he's it's crazy. Every time they get in the red zone, it's like he just freezes up and cannot put the ball in the end zone. I don't know what it is. And I know Foster Moreau, the tight end, had had a, one of the m- most crazy drops, like one of the easiest drops of the season. He easily could have caught that ball wide open in the back of the end zone, could have tied the game up, but he drops it. And, man, just a, 
I don't know. The Saints just look awful offensively. Defensively, they look great. Offensively, they look terrible. Jacksonville, they just continue to roll. I think they're on a four-game win streak now. I don't really care to talk about the Saints. I just want to give praise to the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they are. They're a good team. They're going to run away with that division at this point. I don't know any – I mean, like, there's just nothing in the way of them. And I think Trevor Lawrence, ETM was the right pick. Trevor Lawrence was – and has been the guy that's going to be perfect for what Doug Peterson does. And it seems to be everything clicking down there in Jacksonville. Right? You know, you were saying four wins in a row. I know that they're predicted for a lot more than that, but, I mean, they figured it out, and I think they're on the right track. Yeah, I think they're they're going to be there at the end um, in the AFC. I think they'll be there. All three, three. What about that Browns Colts game? Man, I'm talking about a shootout. What about a shootout? It was, yeah, a good, it was a good game. Cleveland, I think, is actually a good team. Um, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson injured again, re injured his shoulder, I think, or uh, maybe he was in con- con- concussion protocol. Um, I know he, he exited the game and then PJ Walker came in. Uh, Minshew. Looked like he was going to pull off the dub, and then Cleveland there at the end just uh, did enough did enough to find the end zone. But this is one of those games that had some t- terrible calls, terrible calls for Indy. So I don't know. There's got to be something that happens with these refs that make these terrible calls each week. It's like week in and week out. So I was again referent referencing to the Pat McAfee show because I listened to Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday and he was talking about this because obviously Pat McAfee is a Colts fan. He's I mean long time kicker for the Colts. He Aaron Rodgers was saying instead of belittling the refs cuz it's obviously ridiculously hard how about we just finally give them some help? You know, why do we not have the eye in the sky that they go to every single time there is a questionable call? Why haven't we made referees full-time gigs? Why are these guys part-time refs and then have full-time jobs outside of work? Like these guys just come up off the street. The one guy was a substitute teacher or at a middle school, like that, it makes no sense to me. Like this is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, and yet they don't have this shit figured out. I, it's super fucking weird to me that this is the this is the standard in the NFL. Like this is what we are just going to sit here and accept and say. This is how it is. You just get blown calls every now and again. Like, no, there's too much money here, especially with betting. There's too much money here for these guys to not get it right. So let's call in some fucking help maybe and bring these guys, I don't know, to the promised land or whatever. You know, let's have a real officiating. But 
that would this that whole conversation alone will lead me into what I texted you earlier about how I'm on sports rigged conspiracy bullshit because none of this shit really fucking makes sense to me. I yeah, there's just too, go in. There's just too much go. money involved. Yeah, it's like yeah, it'd be it'd be too easy to do all that. Why would we do that? It's fucking dumb. That's what it is. Shit pisses me off. I don't even. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. The Browns, Miles Garrett. He he was the star of the show. If if you don't know who Miles Garrett is, ladies and gentlemen, he is a monster of a human being. Dude tears games apart and as much as like I do like what the Colts have going on they're just not going to be in position to win games if the if the NFL decides that they're not going to be the winning team that is the bottom line and that is how it goes and that's what we will go with alright next game <laughs> I'm fucking rambling at this point because I, I, I forgot that I've brought up that fucking sports risk thing to you because I was I was deep in some fucking thought earlier. You're down the rabbit hole. Yeah. All right, Bills, Patriots, Mac Jones saves his season. Probably not getting cut or all the bad things that were going to happen to Mac Jones because he finally beat somebody worth a shit. He knocked off the Patriots. He did have a game winning drive at the end. Division, cut, divisional opponent. I've seen they cut Malik Cunningham, though, and I think, I don't know, I think that's bad for the Patriots, or it's a genius move by Belichick to say, hey, we're just going to wave you as a distraction technique for the, I don't know, something, I, there's something in there. Some reason that he cut him, I don't, I haven't figured out why, but he did it for some reason. But Mac Jones keeps his job, so. Yeah, I think it's time to start asking some questions about uh, Buffalo. I know their defense is banged up, but, man, losing to New England, who hasn't scored, you know, they've scored 20, they've scored 29 points maybe the whole season, and then you give up 29. And then just Josh Allen does not look the same. It doesn't look like last year's Josh Allen or the year before. seems like he's taking a lot more chances, and they're and, – gambling a lot more and it's just not paying off for him like it did in the past yeah I watched um, I keep saying I watched a lot of stuff but they were talking about this on ESPN and it's just it's Josh it's either Josh Allen and the game plan or it's Josh Allen the superhero and it seems like when Josh Allen has to play Superman superhero it's it's just too much. Like they're asking way too much of this poor guy. I kind of, I kind of agree with that that statement. It's like, what? Why is there not enough there? Like, how have you guys not built around this guy at this point? I mean, he's done everything and beyond what you've asked in in these years past. So I think it's time we we figure it out. Get this guy what he needs as in help for the love of God. I mean, maybe even Josh Allen isn't that good. Maybe that's the real thing here. Like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think he could be overrated, but I'm not, I'm not there yet, but questions need to be asked. Yeah. 
I could I could definitely see how it could be perceived that way because like you tagged me in that gift saying you know, he's good because he what had a thriller with Mahomes a couple years ago. And I mean, it's definitely an argument to be asked, I think. I don't know. I'm I'm very in between on on Allen right now. I don't think anybody is better than him, especially not I mean, or I don't think he's better than anybody like they heard there in that conversation of like I don't know, take Burrow for example or whatever. I think there's better he is the uh, he isn't better than Burrow, he isn't better than Mahomes. Obviously Mahomes is, you know, the guy. But I don't know. I'm rambling. Bills got beat, Patriots won. I guess I'm in a rambling mood today. I don't fucking understand why. All right, Commanders, 7, Giants, 14. I had the Commanders. You had the Commanders. And Tyrod Taylor decided, mm, sorry, boys, 14 points is going to be enough. Commanders fall short, and Jonathan Allen is very, very upset about that. What you got? Yeah, man, Washington, they keep regressing. Um, yeah, Jonathan Allen was not happy. He said he's tired of this shit. It's the same shit every year, uh, which I feel that if I'm a Washington fan, you know, it's been a while since they had a good team. But, man, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is the story here. He he played well against Buffalo uh, previous week and then comes in and is able to get the dub against Washington, a, a divisional opponent. Um, he takes care of the football. He's smart veteran presence. And I think it kind of calls into question if what Danny Dimes, you know, what's the issue? If Tyrod Taylor can win with this team, why can't Danny Dimes, you know, somebody that they paid millions and millions of dollars in the offseason? I think they're running a simpler – it seemed like because I was watching the Commanders game, it seemed like they were running a – simpler, easier offense than what Daniel Jones was trying to do. But then again, Tyrod looks like he has a a couple seconds in the pocket at least compared to what Daniel Jones was doing, and I don't understand. It may be that Daniel Jones is that fucking – he's just not good enough, and I don't know that anybody ever really questioned if he was ever going to be good enough, but I don't don't know that he's worth it. Maybe they they should, you know, push him out. For the trying time to move being. off that contract. Yeah, just try and get him out the door. Even though it's year one. Fuck it. So, somebody will take it on, bro. You know, some some coach out there is going, hmm, the things I could do. Like, well, imagine I think what. He just, he's getting outplayed by the backup. And. Well. Can't have that if you're going to be, you know, a $40 million quarterback. Yeah. I've seen a thing, too, where. Saquon is being predicted to be traded. I don't know if you've seen those trade things at all yet. No, but it wouldn't surprise me at this point. They were talking about a trade to the Ravens for Saquon. Ooh, man, that'd be that'd be awesome. Oh, that that would all right grind my gears. Oh my god, that all would right. be speaking speaking of the richer the are getting rich. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, speaking it's of- absolutely Shoot. freaking destroyed by Baltimore. I think we both had Baltimore. Um we both had Detroit. 
No, I had Baltimore. I had Detroit. That's what it was. I think I, honestly, I think Detroit is not the same team when they have to play outside. Like when they play in the dome, I think they're fine. But when they the play dome. outside. I think that's kind of their kryptonite. I mean, they got their tails stomped. What was it, thirty-eight to six? Was not even close ever at any point in the game. Baltimore just, you know, was a buzzsaw. I think Lamar went for three hundred fifty yards, something insane. And this is the best Lamar's looked, I think. This was a statement game by Lamar. It was one of them ones where it was like, "Holy shit!" You know, this is the guy that everybody is saying he could never be. He didn't have to move. He was throwing dimes all over the field. I, you know, watching the highlights of this, it was like, dude, this this guy right here, this Lamar Jackson is unbeatable. And even with all the shit that they added in the offseason, they still don't have all that great of weapons. Truthfully, Zay Flowers, yes, he is a dog, but they're without their one running back. And it's – it's incredible how Lamar Jackson finds a way to will these Ravens teams every year. I think it's time that they put the slander off of Lamar finally and just be like, all right, he is the he's in that tier. He's in that grouping. Like he can go out and you know, put a team on his back and carry him. I, I I think they're good. I mean, this Lions team has been one of the best offenses in football this year and they fucking shut it down too. Don't forget about the defense of of the fucking Ravens either. Yeah, Baltimore's one of the best teams in the league. Which is I I don't know why I don't I've never been a fan of Baltimore, but I don't know what it is if their colors or how good they were back in the day. I don't fucking really know, but oh well. Lions lose, Ravens win, Ravens leading their division, which is a tough division. All right, so we have Raiders at Bears. We both took Raiders, but Tyson Badgett, three TD drives, bro. Says, not so fast. I'm not losing in my debut. What about it, dude? He looked good. I mean, did everything they asked him to do, took care of the ball. He's one of those – you know, guys out of left field that he's just a scrapper. He's a fighter and he's going to, he's going to play tough no matter what. I know he, you know, they're playing Las Vegas, but Hey, a win is a win, especially in your debut. You'll take it. So we were off. Both of us had Las Vegas. I just don't, I don't believe in Las Vegas. I just thought, you know, rookie quarterback making his first start, you know, I figured Las Vegas could at least, Pull that off, but no, Josh McDaniels, one of the worst coaches in the league. I don't think he has long. I don't think he has long left in Las Vegas, as far as a head coach goes. No, I think this is this was a great sign to finally get him out the door because this is this is a bad loss. Neither one of these teams is good, but it is what it is. All right, we have. Yeah, I, I must have missed this because I have you having the Buccaneers, so maybe I didn't listen thoroughly enough. Falcons, 16. Buccaneers, 13. Falcons. Kicker, young 
Wayku hits a game-ending 51-yard field goal to help the Falcons overcome Ritter's mistakes. Man. And what the hell was going on with Brian Robinson? I don't know. You mean Bijan? What the hell was going on with Bijan? <laughs> I don't know. They said he was sick. They uh, From what he said after the game is he had a headache and, you know, he couldn't play. And he ended up only recording one rush for like three yards or something like that. And I had him as an anytime touchdown scorer. Motherfucker. I didn't Did know he was sick. They should have. No, know, they I didn't. thought they would do. No, they didn't. But, I That's mean, Bijan, he wasn't on the injury report, so. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, it cost a lot of people money because it was, you've seen it everywhere about how people were. Yeah, they're pissed. And they're, so, apparently, so. Atlanta's getting investigated now because they didn't put Bijan on the injury report. So, somehow we found a way to win that game. Ritter has two red zone fumbles. One is a clear walk-in touchdown. All he has to do is tuck the ball and, and, and walk into the end zone and ends up getting caught from behind, and the ball gets knocked out and goes out of the end zone, which ends up as a touchback. So thank God our defense was able to step up and get the ball back, and we were able to march down the field and give our kicker a chance to win the game for us. I think he's our best player this year. I I, I, I I mean, Ritter yep. looked Ritter looked better as far as a passer goes, but man, you got you turnovers have to stop. The turnovers have to be fixed. Yeah, it's been a tough run for Ritter. I think that it's. I don't know if I, it's like the game's almost too fast for him. It just he just seems like he's just not all the way here. Well, this will be his first know. full season starting, so. I mean, I'm willing to give him at least that bit of slack. Is this is his first full year? I know he played a little bit last year, but he this is this will be his first full season as a starter. So I think, man, I want him to be good just for the sake of the team. But we're still on the growing pains part of it. I think I would take him over Jordan Love. I would take him over Jordan Love easy. I would take him over Pickett. And I know Pickett's played well, but he also has a ah, – I don't know. I don't want to see better teams, but I don't know. We we just – I think Arthur Smith is committed to sticking with Ritter. So, we're, we're Ritter will be the starter for this year at least. As far as Tampa Bay goes, I mean, Baker just couldn't make the plays. Couldn't make the plays. He had one big touchdown throw to Mike Williams – or Mike Evans in the first half. And then after that, it was like the offense just stalled out. No, I, I definitely – I think I would definitely take him over Jordan Love. Uh, I'm very on the fence about taking him over Pickett. I, th- I think that Pickett has potential, which is that happens to be the next game to talk about, so we might as well. Um, but Ritter, let's just see where he's at at the end of the year. You guys are still in it. It's it's a definitely a position where you guys could pull away with a wild card. I think you should definitely take advantage of that. So, I mean, as a Falcons fan, be happy for what you have, and hopefully... I'm just happy to win, period. You know, like you've had your you've had your tough time, so this is something to be proud of. Speaking of Kenny Pickett, the Steelers come off with an upset over the Rams. It looks like I've seen a replay thing where Matt Canada was upset again that Kenny Pickett went on his own and called a play for... 
for Najee into the end zone and it worked out and it was just, I thought it was funny and he got, he scored and you could see the Matt Canada impression where he's like, he's sick about it. He's like, damn it. That's not the play that I called. I don't know. Steelers, it's whatever Tomlin does is whatever Tomlin does. They find a fucking way to win. They do it every time. Yeah. It's crazy. How, they just, like you said, find ways to win. They find just – they're just a good ball club in that sense. Is like they don't do anything great. They do have a good defense. But they don't – offensively, they don't do anything spectacular. They don't do anything special. But it seems like they're in every single game. So I think they're f- figuring things out offensively. They're finding uh, finding an identity. Pickens is, is, you know, has a superstar potential. And as far as the, as far as the Rams go, I mean, they're just, just another game that they could have gone either way, but the Rams just couldn't make the plays. Yeah. I think Stafford and them look good. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't their day. It came down to it at the end. But this is another one of them games that we saw a very controversial call in. Uh, Kenny Pickett supposedly getting that first down. Don't know if it, when you look at the. Oh, yeah. He was short for sure. It's another yeah. blown call. Another thing where it's just we need to start helping these refs out and get them a way to maximize on the best of what the NFL can be. So I think we're definitely missing out there. I don't know. Steelers find a way to win. That's a tough division. Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Like, that's a tough fucking division to be in right now. It's crazy to say that the Bengals are in last place. So I I just would have never thought that. But they're also the most confident team I, I feel out of that division. All right. Cardinals at Seahawks. We both took the Seahawks. Jackson Smith and Jigba, big touchdown. Defense steps up. Cardinals did Cardinal things. Not much to talk about in this game, I think, except for Kenneth Walker, maybe 105. He's having, I mean, he's one of the best backs of the year, and I think he's just not, he's getting overlooked. Yeah, he's kind of flying under the radar because of all these other guys having. Uh, good years. I think uh, Walker, he's just a consistent back. He's going to be there week in and week out as long as he's healthy. He's going to put up numbers. He's an uh, integral part of what the Seahawks want to do. I think in this game, they just, you know, executed their game plan in Arizona. Just They're just not good, you know. So the good team executes their game plan well. They're going to win that game nine times out of ten. Yeah. Very well said. I think um, there's, not, like you said, not much to talk about in this game. But this game, the next game, Packers, Broncos, Broncos avoid a second half blow up and sneak away with a win against the Packers. And you had the Broncos doing it. So, yes, sir, this was my long yeah. shot right here. I, I, I just felt I felt the Denver win coming because. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I know that they've been talking about uh, Sean Payton perhaps tanking and blowing up the roster and this, that, and the other. But I think at the end of the day, uh, your your fan, casual fan forgets that it is hard to tank 
as much as it is hard to win, it's hard to tank as well to just not win, to just throw the game. Like you can't obviously, you can't blatantly do it. So you have to find ways here and there to try to, you know, not win. But Russell Wilson, like I said, is probably maybe might be a Hall of Famer. And at the end of the day, he's he's going to try to win. Yeah. He's going to go out there and give it his all. I mean, it might not be much, but he's going to give it what he's got. And it was just enough to beat Green Bay. And Green Bay is on a landslide right now. I don't, I don't know where they fall. I don't know. I don't know if they're any better than, than the Bears right now. I think that first week, if Jordan Love would have stunk it up, that – there would definitely be a different vibe in the atmosphere right now. For but he's shown flashes. Yeah, he's shown flashes, which gives them hope. But I think that NFL defenses, NFL defensive coordinators, have figured Love out. Yeah, I think they know what he does well. They they know what he doesn't do well, and they try to they kind of force him, you know, to do the things that he doesn't do well. I also don't think. The Packers are a good roster either. There's nothing no, about they're the them youngest really, team. They're the youngest team in football. Yeah, there's nothing about them that's like, oh, that's enticing. It's like none of that is appealing to me in any sense of, of the word. I just – I don't look at them and be like, oh, that's a threat of a team. So every week and every matchup I'm kind of looking at it like, uh, they – could win if they play good and not have any mistakes. I think that's just kind of how I'm going to view it from here on out. This isn't a team, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Aaron Rodgers was the reason they won so many games, and I think that they took that for granted. And yeah. it's finally starting to show without – I mean, it's it's at the point where it's, it's finally starting to show. Speaking of taking for granted – the fucking San Diego Chargers, Las Vegas Chargers. San Diego. <laughs> I miss them in San Diego. It's when they were cool. But the Chargers are taking advantage of Justin Herbert by ruining his career and throwing every game because they suck absolutely bad. The Chiefs let the Chargers let Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey go off for an absurd game, video game stat game, where Mahomes throws for 440 and Kelsey goes for 179 receiving. I think it's time to just let Staley walk, dude. Get somebody in there. Get some help in there. Accept it for what it is. Give Herbert the career he deserves because that boy's good. He's a hardworking kid. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He deserves it. He deserves it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Taylor Swift. I think she is the mojo for Travis. They said that he was averaging 108 yards per game whenever she's in attendance. So, hey, I know as much as you want to hate it, there might be something to this Taylor Swift buzz. Taylor Swift. You're a selfish bitch. Wow. <laughs> You're taking the shine away from the Bulls. This is supposed to be for us. It's 
kind of bullshit. She just shows up and steals our fucking Sundays. Now, like, a guy can't even sit down and watch football anymore without a fucking ear. No, is Taylor Swift there? Hey, like, it's for the that's for the girls. Gotta keep we gotta get the girls involved a little bit. If I wanted the girls there, I'd ask them myself. No, I'm just kidding. I do like my like Kayla. She's not. She don't really give two shits about that shit. But it is nice watching football with her. And I'm sure you like watching football with your daughter. I know you sent me that picture the other day about this is how you do. Yeah, she uh, she um she's just gonna have to get used to watching sports games. I mean, the sellers to it. That's, that's kind of what I told her. I was like, hey. You know, I know you want to watch Super Kitties or whatever it is, but whenever there's football on, Daddy's going to watch football. <laughs> That's why Daddy bought this 70-inch TV, you know, to watch football. There ain't a fucking damn thing. Kansas right, City, Kansas City's uh, going to – they're going to win that division and probably make it back to the Super Bowl. I fully expect them to. I don't see any reason not to. It's just the path to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City, unfortunately. You know, Every year just, in the AFC. That's that's the way the cookie crumbles. There's no you know, there's no real way about it. It's just you know, either you are on the on the train going with them. Or you're fucking against them, and you'll see them at the end of hell. Because by God, the fucking Chiefs are gonna be there. The Chiefs are good, dude. I can't, I can't say shit about them. I, I just, I want to hate them. I really do. But every week they put on a, you know, they put on a way to fucking make you like them. And it's like, I don't know. Like I love Travis and Jason Kelsey's podcast. They're both funny as shit. And like the guys that I'm being, that are Bengals fans that are my boys are like, oh, I hate, I hate them both. And I'm like, how? They're so, they're so fucking lovable, dude. It's like, fuck you guys. Oh, they're, you're mad because they beat you in the Super Bowl. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Cry me a river. They're fucking funny as shit. I'll give up that. They're good peoples. I don't want to talk about them anymore. That makes me sad that they're always going to be good till the end of time. Till Mahomes dies, they're just going to be good. He's like saved their whole career franchise. I don't. Yes, sir. I'm rambling. Last last two games here. Well, we got Miami at Philadelphia. So the game finally. Or Philadelphia gets a standalone game Sunday night. It was eight twenty. A little bit of nerves kicking in, but Philadelphia showed up, put on a show. Defense showed out. I mean, there are still some question marks in this game. You know what's going on with Hurts and you know the, the issues that he's having, but he still found a way to get the ball to AJ Brown for another hundred twenty-five yard game. I think. Uh, the biggest question mark is, you know, how do the Eagles not have any flags? That's kind of the media look on it, people's look on it. But yeah, there were some missed calls. There were some missed calls in that game, but can't blame Philly for that. That's on the refs. So redemption game for Philadelphia. They, you know, 
had that loss in the previous week. The comeback looked great against Miami. Shut down one of the most prominent offenses we've seen in the last, you know, decade. Shut them down to 17 points. Made Tua and Tyreek look human. Um, you know, they do have some, they had some issues in the secondary, but they addressed those issues this week. Traded for Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the league. Howie Roseman, one of the all-time great executives. I mean, he's just on the cutting edge of every, seems like every big NFL deal. It's, he's always acquiring players that, and it's not just acquiring talent. It's acquiring talent that they're, makes they're sense. They're franchise changers, bro. He has, yeah, he he finds a way it to get a, a deal. Scheme. And yeah, 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 exactly. It fits a scheme. I don't, a couple years ago, Howie was under a lot of fire, and it was mostly to do with whatever was going on with the Carson Wentz scenario. And he has completely changed how he is viewed in Philadelphia for the moves that he's made. And it, it, at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to like simple. He's like, I'm just going to put Georgia guys on the defensive side and I'm going to put Alabama guys on the offensive side and it's going to work. I mean, <laughs> and I'm going to get everything. I'm going to milk Tennessee dry of all yeah. the good players. <laughs> and it's like, Tennessee's going to hate me, but uh, they're going to, they're going to accept that. They're I'm going to give steal. me all their players. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to go in. I mean, he is, he is quickly turning into one of, if not the greatest GM in the NFL right now. He's like Houdini making all these fucking moves. And I, you know, it's nice that he's on my side. I, and I'm just, I'm keeping my eyes moving forward. The Eagles have the second hardest remaining schedule left. And I'm just going to try and keep a positive outlook and say, you know, I, I had my, I had my worries about a team like the Dolphins, but, you know, we found a way to do that. So there's no reason why it can't continue this way. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So. There's no reason it can't continue to be a good thing. All right, last game, the Monday night game. Huge upset. The Vikings get one over on the 49ers. McCaffrey plays a little bit. Not too much, but they're missing some key players in San Fran. Nonetheless, Kirk Cousins and the boys make a menace of them, turn them into chop liver, and, you know, tell them to go back to the West Coast. I don't know. Kirk well, Cousins, it was, uh, good it for was him. Brock Purdy finally comes back down to earth and joins the rest of the human race. Uh, they've, you know, uh, I fully expected San Francisco to win this game, but it seemed like they couldn't get anything going offensively. And their scheme just wasn't there. And it seemed like they just had another off game. And so maybe maybe uh, they figured out Purdy. Uh, they figured out a way to, to throw him off his game. Maybe the defense got exposed a little bit. I know Kirk Cousins threw all over the place. He did get a little bit lucky there at that last t- the touchdown right before the half where Addison ripped the ball away from the defender and ended up scoring. But, hey, sometimes you need luck. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes the ball rolls your way. So 
big step for Minnesota. I don't think they're I don't think they're done. I think two weeks ago, if you asked anybody, they would have said the Vikings were done. They're out. They're not making the playoffs. Last couple of weeks, they've gotten better. They've looked better this you know this past week. Beating a team like San Francisco proves that you can be at least a division contender. I think Detroit. I think Detroit will probably win that division, but Minnesota could make some noise. We'll see. Got to get Justin Jefferson back. I I agree. I think uh, people who were sleeping on the Vikings. I mean, America. America. I mean, I was sleeping on the Vikings. I, I was too. I thought they were dead in the water. I thought it was time for them to trade them to the Jets. Everybody had that as like uh, for sure was going to end up happening if they lost. It was like, you know, good on the Vikings, good on Kirk Cousins to decide like, no, nah, this isn't going to be how uh, how we go out. We're gonna we're gonna go out with a bang. I respect sure. that out of them. I respect that the hell out of them. All right, our bets of the week weren't very good last week. Murph had you had the Steelers at home minus three or Rams at home minus. I had Rams at home minus three. You had Rams at home minus three, which was as it was a miss under forty four. The score was forty one, so that was a hit. I had Falcons at Bucks two and a half. I took the Falcons to win it because the Bucks were two and a half points favorites. And that hit, but I said over 37, that did not hit. So, one and one, not our greatest. It is what it is. We'll move forward to what is week eight in the NFL. We'll go ahead, lock in our picks. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have put up good numbers. Good enough numbers for you to believe that there is something here. We're well above 500. Even at this rate, if we missed... I would say 80% of the games, mm-hmm. we would still be above 500. And that's very impressive to me because we're doing so well right now. Stay with us. If you like it, trust us. Put in our bets, man. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. All right. Mm-hmm. We have Thursday, October 26th. Buccaneers at Bills. What you got, Mark? Uh, taking Buffalo, you know, coming off a bad loss against a divisional opponent. I think Josh Allen will, will finally get his head out of his ass. And, and but, well, I, that might be a little harsh. I just think Buffalo is going to play a lot better. They're going to show flashes of what they had, what they showed against Miami. Tampa Bay, I just don't think they have the offense to keep up with Buffalo. There is a curse with. Josh Allen that seems to carry over. He plays to whatever opponent that he has that week. I want to take the Buccaneers. I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh, I do. I really do. But I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills just off. Just off vibes here, I think. I'm just going to just ride with the Bills and say that they... I, I trust Josh Allen more than I trust Baker Mayfield. I think that's my deciding factor at the end of the day. All right. Moving on, we have Eagles at Commanders. Commanders gave the Eagles a run for the money last time. going to take Philly, though. Yeah, I'm taking Philly. I just, the, 
you know, I think Philly's just overall the better team. Washington has not looked good the past couple weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, Patriots at Dolphins. Patriots gave Dolphins issues earlier this year, but Dolphins coming off a tough loss. I think Dolphins square it up and clean up their mistakes. They actually put a number. Mac Jones probably got his good win for the season. He's cool on chilling. Yeah, I'm going with Miami here as well. I think they're going to put up a lot more than 17 points against a New New England defense that is injury-ridden. Yeah, New England's just, they're just short-handed. I think so, too. All right, we have Jets returning to play off the bye week against the New York Giants. Tyrod Taylor still playing. Does that change anything for you? Um, I mean, it moves the needle a little bit, but I'm still taking the Jets here. I think they have a better defense. Coming off a of bye week, they're going to have a solid game plan. Zach Wilson, you know, can can he continue to gather momentum, gather confidence? I think he's finally got the locker room is back behind him again. This just feels like a Jets win to me. I mean, they're playing at MetLife. They play at the same stadium, so it's not home or away. It's, you know, it's the same. So I'm going Jets here. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to take the Jets as well. I think them coming off a of bye week is huge. Their defense is the real deal. I'm right there behind you. All right, Jaguars at Steelers. Uh, every week I like pick against the Steelers, but they find ways to win. I mean, they're four and two. The Steelers are. The Jaguars are five and two. And I know I just praised the Jaguars for being a fucking damn good team, but this is a this is a tougher decision for me than I feel like. If this was if this was it at Jacksonville, I'd probably go with Jacksonville. But I think. Going into Pittsburgh, it's a hostile environment. You know, weather could be a, an issue. Um, you know, I just think Pittsburgh finds a way to, to muddy this one up, make it ugly enough that they find a way to get past Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville's on a four four game win streak. Eventually, that's got to come to an end. I don't think they run the table from here on out. I think Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pittsburgh takes this. one. I'm going to take Jacksonville. I just like what they're doing right now. I trust in Doug Peterson and everything that he is. And I feel good about that one. All right, Falcons at Titans. I want to say Falcons. I think I'm going to say Falcons. Titans kind of just... They got Malik Willis and Will Levis playing this week. So I want to say Desmond Ritter can get the job done. I hope that Desmond Ritter can play... Um, non-turnover football. I think if we can limit the turnovers, maybe just one or two this week, definitely have a better chance of winning. Like you said, Tennessee, trying to find out what they have with Will Levis. Is, I think he's going to get the start this weekend. Rookie quarterback making his first, at least it's at home for him. He does have that going for him. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta here. I'm all right, Texans off the bye week against the 0-6 Panthers. CJ Stroud return. I'm going to take the Texans. Yeah, I'm going with Houston here. Better offense, better defense. Carolina, 
just nothing. There's nothing there outside of Bryce. This Young. is the battle of the top quarterback picks. Do you see a place where? No, I think AD? Stroud has just been. Uh, Stroud has been on just a different level than these other rookie quarterbacks. I I can, I can dig and respect that. I think I'm right there, kind of on the same boat as you. Uh, it's just. It would be it would be fun to see Bryce get his win, but obviously I'm a I'm a Stroud guy, so I'm gonna take the Texans. All right, we have Rams at Cowboys. Ooh, I want to take the Rams. I really want to take the Rams. I think I'm gonna take the Rams. Ooh. I think I'm gonna take the Rams. Going to Dallas, coming off a loss. I just I just don't think Dallas is that good. I really I don't. don't. I don't I think don't. they're that good. They have a real incredible defense, but Dak Prescott will lose you games. He will lose games. If it comes down to Dak making a throw, he's going to lose the game. We've seen it time and time again. I just think the Rams are going to scheme something up. They're going to have some way to, to trick Dak into making some type of you know errant throw, and I think turnovers win this game. Oh, man. This one is really tricky for me. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to take the Cowboys. I hate it, but I'm going to take the Cowboys and just hope... Because, like, I... I'm putting my heart into this one. I want to see the Cowboys with a great record and no doubts coming in so we can beat them when everybody's saying, you know, they're on their high horse. So, I'm going to take the Cowboys, but this could be a game where the Rams fucking get them. If you feel good about it, fucking take it. All right, we have Vikings at Packers. This is this is a good give me game for the Vikings right here. I'm going to take the Vikings and not even think about it. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take Minnesota as well. As well. I think just a better team. Kirk Cousins outplays Jordan Love. I think the defense has finally figured some things out. They kind of have found an identity in a sense. So yeah, I think Minnesota. Minnesota gets on a roll here and maybe rattles off two or three in a row. That would be absolutely huge for them. They'd be at four and four back all the way at 500. All right, we have Saints at Colts. I want to take... I do want to take... Oh, this is hard for me, actually. <clears throat> I'm taking Andy here. I just... I don't think that New Orleans offense can produce enough points to win. I mean, we saw Indianapolis put up, what, 38 points last week? I think Minshew is finally, um, he's finding his way in this offense. They're finding a scheme that fits what Minshew does well. You know, despite, I know New Orleans has a good defense, but I think Indianapolis has a good defense as well. And I think they have a better quarterback, better offense. I've got uh, Jonathan, a fresh Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I'm going to go Andy here. I'm also going to take the Colts. I think the Saints are in a place where they're, they could get in trouble. I seen Olave just got pulled over going, uh, what, 25 over. And it's like, dude, what are you fucking doing, bro? Or 35 over, he's going 85 and in a 50 mile an hour zone. It's just like that's what Henry Ruggs just did, bro. 
It's like, get your shit together. Derek, Derek Carr, man, driving him crazy. It's gotta, be, it's gotta be something to do with Derek Carr. All right, we have Browns at Seahawks battle of the four and twos. Um, PJ Walker is starting. I, I know the Browns defense is good. Oh, sh- I want to take Browns Seattle. Yeah, the Browns have been surprising teams over the last couple of weeks, and I don't know that they can. Yeah, they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Yeah, especially with PJ Walker that... starting, I'm going to take yeah. Seattle at home. You know, that's a long that's a long way to travel for Cleveland. It's, it's two time changes, I think. Um, yeah, I just think Seattle. I think Seattle wins this one. Love and respect the decision. I also want to take. I also want to take Seahawks here. All right, Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. I'm not even going to say anything else. <laughs> nope. Chiefs at Broncos. Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing else about this one. Chiefs. Chiefs. Bears at Chargers. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go Chargers. They've lost two close games. As long as they, as long as Staley doesn't fuck it up, I'm taking the Chargers. If Staley loses this game, or if the Chargers lose this game, they go to two and five, and the Bears go to three and five. Does is it time for them to move on or what? I think you. I think you. I mean, the nails aren't in the coffin, if you ask me. I think Staley's done. And I think he's out after this year. You know, especially with all that shit going on in Michigan, there's been, you know, r- rumors of Harbaugh to L.A. Chargers. Not saying that I would hate it. So. I like it. I like it. All right, I'm going to take... Must win for Chargers. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I think it's must win for the Chargers. For the I don't think the Bears really want to win this game. They got their feel-good win with Badgett. Yeah, yeah they don't want to win too many games, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Chargers here. All right, last game Monday, October 30th. We have the Raiders at the Lions. Lions get right. Uh, that's who I'm taking. I'm, taking I'm all over Detroit on this one. I mean, they're gonna be pissed off, back at home, ready to go. I back wouldn't be surprised if they drop 45 in this game. Yeah, Dan Campbell's gonna have these boys fucking riled. This is gonna up, be a bro. what they call it a kneecap buffet. Yeah, bro, this is going to be a game where, yeah, Dan Campbell's going to have these boys fucking itching. Fired up. Itching. So. Actually, this is, uh, if we want to go ahead, this is my bet of the week. I've got go Detroit ahead. minus eight at home, and then I'm going to take the over on at 45, because like I said, I think Detroit liable to put up 45 by themselves. Eight, eight point spread. I kind of like that. I like that, and I... I feel like I would have put that as my cover. I was leaning towards doing the Chargers uh, not covering eight and a half. I think. Ah, man. But I seen something else that pulled me even a lot. You know, a lot. I felt a lot better about. I think that the San Francisco 49ers do not cover three and a half. If they do win, it'll be by three points. So it's you're taking Cincy plus three? 
They're plus two Cincy, and a half. I'm taking Cincy plus three. I'm going to say that they cover and possibly win this game. I'm not sure on the over here. I don't have it in front of me. You have that in front of you. I would reckon to say it's probably 47, 47 and a half. Um, what are we looking at here? The Cincinnati game? It is 43.5 over. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take the over here. I was at 47 on that game. So I'm going to take the over there. Bengals cover three and a half. Over 47. I'm going to take it. Or over 43 and a half. Bada bing, bada boom, like it. All righty then. That wraps up our pick 'em and better the week segment. All right, just a couple more things. Um, Our first inaugural Kamish Bowl. So this is the game. This this was the week that me and Cozy played each other in fantasy. Uh, Came down to the wire. Absolute barn burner of a fantasy game. It's one of the closest fantasy games I've been a part of since I've been playing. Um, came down to DeAndre Swift rushing for 22 yards that gave me two points that I needed to go over uh, 161 and beat Cozy. 161.78 to 159. So without that last rush, I would have I would have lost. That's how close the game was. It came down to one play. And we would have had more hype. We would have put more hype on it last week, but we didn't even realize that we played each other until after we recorded, so. It's the most bullshit fucking ass win. I, I, if I, if you haven't heard me say it, I hate fantasy football because the shit's rigged. I know Murph was in there skewing with the fucking points. Last time I checked, I was up by three points and whatever. He gets a rush of two yards, whatever. Fuck you, buddy. How about that? I, I had a rush of 22 yards. Thank you. It was a good game. If you it was, are, man. I think next week we need to take a moment and kind of do a up to date where we're standing, standings in our in our league. I think people would appreciate that. Yeah, we can. Some light. We can do it like a mid season check in or something. Yeah, I think that would definitely give some people. It's a pretty little stacked bit of, up, though. Honestly, it's pretty stacked up. Everybody's kind of bunched together. Five and two, four and three. Three and four. I'm three and four. You're four and three. No, no. We're both. No, I'm three and four. You're four and three. Mm, Let's look it up. Hold on. Pull it up real quick. Let's see here. I, you're setting at three and four and I at number 11 and I'm number 10 at three and four. So. Pretty stacked up. We got we got Team White and Temple at the bottom at two and five, but everybody else is pretty much stacked up on top of each other. It's it's a fun league, I think. There's probably people more have fun with it. Yeah, and it, I mean the free agent market is very, very, very fucking slim. Um, 
it's tight. So you got to be on top of your, you know, your free agents and shit. And I think that's what's keeping people really locked in on it is because like you got to stay on top of it. If you miss somebody, you you, you might not have a have a chance. Might like, have a chance that week. Yeah, I had to start Taysom Hill as my quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And thank God Taysom Hill went off for 21 points in our league. Like I wouldn't have been in it. That's what. That's seriously what made our game close is because I saw you start Taysom Hill and I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. And then he goes off for two touchdowns or whatever. Yeah, got your ass, bitch. Almost. Almost. Next year. Next year, we'll see. No, it was, it was a, it was definitely a good little. It was a good little run. I'm, uh, I've been having fun with it. So we'll do a fantasy update within the next week. Murph, you got anything else that you would like to speak on and get us out of here? Uh, well, we're, we're almost at two hours, so uh, I was just going to say um, NBA season is here. Yes. Excited about that, even though I don't really pay attention until after the All-Star break, just like in baseball. But, hey, more sports, always a good thing. Other than that, I don't really have anything. Yeah. Well, well, we drifted a little bit this episode because there has been, you know, obviously the World Series is going on. NBA season has started. Like, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we already talk about so fucking much. So, I'll cut it down as best as I can. And aside from that, please go check out our social media pages. We've had some some good things, um, impressions, views, listens. Everything's up right now. So, we appreciate everybody that has given us a chance and decided like this is something that can work for them so with that said continue to do your thing share it with people word of mouth goes probably the longest way and all of this so with love we appreciate you guys Osia Murph on every social media app and Spotify Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio Google Pods pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast we've got it listed aside from that ladies and gentlemen be good and we'll see you next week Peace. Peace.